Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how to effectively use digital marketing to grow your business. My guest in this episode is Jason Rink. Jason is an award-winning producer and director of documentary films. Prior to starting his own company, he spent four years as a producer and director at Emergent Order, a creative agency in Austin, Texas. He has worked with Academy Award-winning actor Richard Dreyfuss, Congressman Ron Paul, Senator Rand Paul, and brands such as Ashton Martin. Jason is currently the creative director and founder at Simply Film. Simply Film is an Austin, Texas-based digital agency and production company. They combine the power of direct response marketing, creative storytelling, and brand advertising to drive results. If you have not joined our Facebook group, I would highly recommend that you check it out. You could go to Facebook and simply type in Cashflow Ninja Community. Everything about our movement is shared there. And if you want to support us, please spread the word and subscribe, rate, and review our show on the platform that you're using to listen to us. Uh, This will help other people find the show as well. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com, that's A-S-Y-M, capital.com, to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Good to be on again with you. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And I love the work you're doing. And I love the, the fan base that you have. Uh, it's a lot of people really like-minded with, with me and what I'm up to in my life and the information I, I uh, research and I, I listen to. So good to be on. Yeah, awesome. Really looking forward to this. So excited to have you on. So appreciate you spending some time with us. For the listeners, new listeners that we're gathering, um, if you could please share a little bit bit about your background and journey. Uh, Yeah, so I have a uh, video production company really in Austin, Texas called Simplifilm. And uh, I've been a video production, um, a video producer for a decade. I've uh, done a lot of work um, in the free market economic space originally, had worked with on the Rand Paul campaign in 07, did some work for, uh, excuse me, Ron Paul's campaign in 07, did some work uh, with some packs with Rand Paul in 2012, worked with a company called Emergent Order for about four years early on, uh, which is the company behind, uh, some of your listeners might be familiar with the Keynes versus Hayek rap videos out there. And, <laughs> and so... I had a, some really good mentors in helping me understand how to generate, how to take complex ideas and do storytelling around them. Um, at the same time, I ended up uh, having the chance to start working with some brands under the Agora umbrella, uh, Palm Beach Research Group, Casey uh, Bonner and Partners, uh, about six years ago. And I've been working with them and have a team that works with them to produce a lot of the content that people might see, whether it's video sales letters, webinars, uh, digital courses, everything that goes into their, um, their sales funnels when it comes to video and creating 
storytelling through video and creating video content that converts. So I've had the the privilege of working with some of the greatest copywriters and marketers in all the world for the last six years. And so what I do in my company is I work with, with other businesses to really produce video for every phase of their sales funnel and implement what I call a journey selling framework, which is how to go about taking a client or a prospect from you know, the, the unaware phase in their journey uh, to becoming a purchaser and how to use and leverage specifically video uh, online through the different social channels to be able to turn, uh, you know, prospects into customers. And the journey selling framework is that, you know, that also is something that you kind of walk them through, through a documentary, right? Cause it's basically like just taking a documentary and walking someone through the process and, and, and sharing a message. And I want to touch about this. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. My mind is just in all different directions. Uh, cause I have so many questions to ask you, but I'm going to settle down and take a deep breath <laughs> and start with documentaries where you started. Was there a specific framework that you ran ideas through? Um, when, you know, when somebody comes and they, and they talk to you and say, here's an idea for a documentary, would there then be a framework that you run that through to say this might or might not work? Well, that's a great question. And really, it's funny because I really, I accidentally made my first documentary. So the first feature length documentary I made is a film called Nullification, okay. which I did with a, a guy named Tom Woods, who some of your listeners might be familiar with, and with a guy named Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment Center out in California. And at that time, I was really interested in this idea of states pushing back against federal legislation. And, and so I had a nonprofit and I funded uh, something called the Nullify Now Tour in like 2011. And we just started capturing content and interviews while we were doing it. We were going across the country, had a chance to really hang out with some incredible people. And what I realized was that we could use this documentary storytelling framework to build the... Uh, the member base of the 10th Amendment Center raised the profile of the organization I was with and really just kind of stumbled upon this idea of, oh, I could use a documentary to, it's a documentary, but then I could use it with sort of a call to action to generate, you know, donors for this organization. And so through that process, I ended up, um, you know, we, we sold tens of thousands of copies of that DVD at the time and, you know, it really was a, a super success from our standpoint. And that was the first chance that I had to do that. And so it was on the heels of that, that then I ended up connecting with the Palm Beach Research Group and kind of pitched to them this idea of using sort of a documentary style storytelling framework and direct marketing, which was something they ended up calling like the Babylon Code, which was a massive... Um, sort of history channel type documentary piece about the history of infinite banking. And I mean, it was a super hyper successful prom promotion for them, generated tons of email addresses and, and ultimately customers and brought the infinite banking concept just to a really broad audience. And so that was then the next time that I, I saw, oh, wow, there's something here. And so, you know, documentaries, style storytelling is is definitely what I've spent most of my time doing. I've worked with lots of different organizations doing that. And what I would what I would say that the the number one thing that anyone needs to do is they need to ask themselves whether or not they have a product or service that really impacts people's lives. Are you really transforming or changing lives or having an impact? It really is your product any good? So I know that seems a little bit obvious, but the truth is that many people don't have a, they either haven't put the time in to really think about that, or they haven't put the time in to go and see what the impact really is that they're having in people's lives. Something that I am a very, uh, it's a core value of mine is I think that entrepreneurs are heroes. I think that uh, business owners who create value in lives of people change their lives and increase people's level of uh, flourishing and happiness, like are the true heroes in all the world and that capitalism is actually can save the world. It's, it's done more to, to improve people's lives. And so if there's a, a, 
a company or an entrepreneur who has a product that can change people's lives, it's a, it's a moral imperative that they get it out to that audience. And so that's the number one question is that. And the second thing is really to start to consider how you can frame the story of that transformation because it's not about the product, right? It's about the result. It's about what it produces. Can you frame that up in a way where you use some tried and true copywriting and uh, combine the brand uh, aspects of brand marketing and direct marketing together to create a, a narrative through line um, in a piece of content or a series of pieces of content. So at the end of the day, though, I think that most companies or businesses, no matter what they're doing, whether they're selling a product or a service, that there is an opportunity to do documentary storytelling in their, in their general marketing funnel. And because of the attention spans these days, because co- collectively it's almost like we have the attention span of a net, right? Is it better to then chop it up to have several different stories? Is there still a role for the the, the long version one? And um, you and I touched upon, upon just the, the, the different ways that people consume media right now. How does it factor into that that approach? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is actually both. But what I will say is there's an old adage. I don't know who said this. It says, uh, the more you tell, the more you sell. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason why, no matter how hard you try, you know, video sales letters or the, you know, uh, which are those like PowerPoint videos with audio that you come across on the internet. There's a reason that most of those are still really long. You know, they're still 45 minutes long. And it's like, Why is that? Is that for real? (laughs) Well, you know, if you can pull somebody through a story or an experience, the more they get invested in it, the more they are curious about where it's going. And the more time they've invested in, the more time they've spent with you, with your voice, with your brand. So it, it actually has the impact of, of, of bringing them through that journey. But at the same time, just like, um, you know, uh, Hollywood uses, sizzle, you know, they use trailers and teasers and they use all sorts of other attention grabbing marketing out there, you know, the billboards and the posters and whatnot. You've got to, you've got to also have that, uh, that content that will stop the scroll where somebody's going through their feed and they need to see something and that, that their time is money. So they're only going to grant you a little bit of attention. You need to be able to find a way to capitalize on that first. Uh, before you get into that longer form. And, and what I want to say is this, I have a client that, uh, a company called Platform Marketing, it's a friend of mine, Tim Chermack, who's an incredible entrepreneur, who does marketing to real estate agents. Uh, they, do, they, they provide marketing for real estate agents. We did a 90-minute feature-length documentary film on a real estate marketing company for realtors. And literally every one of their clients watches the entire documentary before they come on board. And it's been one of the number one conversion tools for the company. And it's because it's so geared toward their perfect client. It gets them over every objection, every hurdle, every aspect of not, you know, that it takes for them to then get to a strategy call and become a client. At the same time, all of that content, when you create a feature length documentary toolbox of content, you actually have your content library for every other deliverable that you want to put out online from a 30 second to a 15 second to a three minute. Uh, so if you have the, uh, the budget and if you have the, the vision to work with somebody like myself or another filmmaker out there who understands marketing in this way, if you, can, if you can make the investment in that sort of feature length piece, which doesn't have to be 90 minutes, but you know, it's 45 minutes or longer. You, once you do that, you're actually solving a lot of content marketing problems for yourself and you're able to build all of the ancillary, uh, ancillary deliverables that are gonna be used to, in order to warm that client or warm that prospect up to become a customer. So where we are, where we are at right now, there's been a massive shift in how we consume information and where we get our information from. And I think it's a story that um, I forgot what the, the the source was, but essentially you had the radio 
that was inside of people's homes. And Budweiser, for example, was used this example as the dominant advertising force and the person using this platform. Well, first, you know, the, then televisions came out. They first had to get televisions into people's homes, which now it's like, what? They had to do what? But at the time, it was like, no, we've, we first have to set up TVs in people's homes before we could actually start marketing to them, the same as how we had to get people onto Facebook, basically, right? So the, 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 the step, a step on, uh, of the whole process is it's a stepping stone, right? So um, then from there, there was a lot of folks that capitalized on the television. That's window of opportunity. I think the example was used that Miller was not really even a very well-known brand at that stage, but Budweiser stuck with radio. Miller moved into TV and all of a sudden it became a, a household name. The same kind of shift I think you and I spoke before it is happening where it's moving from the TV and even the computer to the smartphone phone and now you have the apps is basically your abc and your nbc of your instagrams and your facebooks and your linkedins and and all of that stuff can you speak to the opportunity that's there for our you know our listeners entrepreneurs business owners real estate investors and so forth um and what this presents for them to get their message out and the window that there is for them to really uh, reach a very large audience very cost effectively yeah and and that's, man, such a great statement because most businesses and even the biggest brands in the world don't fully appreciate what's happening right now and what has already happened, really, but it's just going to continue to, to occur. And I, I think to really understand this, sometimes we got to take a step back and ask ourselves, like, what is content? and programming and what, what is television anyway? You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. those shows always existed to get an advertiser message in front of an audience, right? Yep. So, you know, the, 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 the better the show was, the bigger the audience you built to be able to serve up an advertiser message to that target audience. Well, back in the days of, you know, the three main networks, they, were, they had to paint with a very broad brushstroke. They're like, okay, at uh, this time of the day, we're going to have, you know, men from, you know, this age bracket watching the game, for example, or whatever it is, or, or we're going to have women watching this soap opera. Sorry to be very, you know, uh, don't want to be sexist there, you know, make these, <laughs> but I'm just using it for illustration purposes. And, and they just kind of generally knew who was going to be in that audience. And, you know, advertising companies made, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars and programming went on for a long time doing advertising that way. What's going on right now is we have the ability to hyper-target people online that we can find our thousand true fans. We can find those exact right customers and, and prospects. And number one, we can build our own audience if we want, which this is all based on getting in front of audiences. So where does your audience of perfect customers and clients gather? If you can't find where they gather, build a place for them to gather. That's the best thing you can do. But then you can take your message and speak so directly to those individuals through the power of what is available on Facebook, through the pixeling uh, ability, also through YouTube. You know, YouTube advertising is very underutilized right now. It's going to change. But You've had people building audiences of millions and millions of people for years. They've been creating content out there. Most of those people monetize that content. A lot of people don't realize that a business owner can go and they can advertise on a specific YouTube channel or on a specific video that might be an audience that's alignment for you. So there's just the ability for a mom and pop or a small business owner or entrepreneur to actually get in front of, you know, an audience and be in, on equal footing with a big brand. Like you can show up in the same places. One of my clients is Aston Martin, you know, Aston Martin can put an ad up in the exact same space as any, any, uh, you know, entrepreneur out there. And right now, it's still affordable to do so. Uh, the, the, the cost is going to continue to increase as more and more dollars from those big brands start flowing in. And 
just like anything, they're just slower to pivot to the opportunity. They're slower to give up their old ways. And frankly, a lot of ad agencies uh, out there are, are slow to give up that that old way of thinking and that old model because of the dollars that are attached. So it's also created an opportunity for small agencies like myself to come up there and really seize on this opportunity. So I, I would encourage anybody who's listening here to, number one, don't get, uh, there's a lot of information you can get caught up in. There's a lot of knowledge you can go out there and try to get. What most business owners need to do is focus on doing what they do, which is to provide the product and service top of class, satisfy people, transform lives, and run their businesses. What they also need to do is they need to go out and find trusted partners or at least get the basic knowledge to understand how to penetrate these other um, delivery channels for their message and how to effectively craft that message. And and one more thing I want to say is what most... um, businesses and entrepreneurs do is engage in what some people call hope marketing, which is, oh, so I just need to put a bunch of content out there. I need to just make YouTube videos and I need to post on social media and Instagram and and LinkedIn and whatever. And they don't put a lot of thought into what they're actually putting out there and they're not measuring the impact and they're not paying attention to whether it's getting in front of the right people. And so I want to encourage uh, business owners to also realize, you know, hey, you actually don't have to create, uh, you know, a hurricane of content. You don't need to get into the create content everyday business to be successful at this. It's really just core, powerful, strategic content that is put together in a digital video sales funnel that leads somebody on a journey and know how to follow them around the internet with your message. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue-chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and self storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. This is a golden opportunity, but we still had to be very, we still have to be very strategic about it because this isn't that just, uh, you know, throw as much stuff up against the wall and hopefully it sticks, right? It's, you have to be very, very specific. So there's a, what, there's an opportunity, but you can also still waste a lot of, of money that could be more, uh, uh, well, more strategically used in your business with, with the right partners. So you'd mentioned to lead them across the internet on a journey. 
what are some of the, and, and, and by the way, this is why I'm so excited about this too, is Jason said like basically a ringside seat to see how the masters do this and some of the lessons that, 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 that he's learned from one of the biggest financial publications in the world, not one of the, the biggest ones. So what are some of the specific things that folks can, can look at and, uh, when they create content and how they schedule the video to basically warm them up to eventually have them become a customer. What are some, what are some of the things that they can do and what are some of the, the mistakes that you've actually seen people and you see people do daily? Well, there, there's two key things. And the first one's going to sound like a real no-brainer. But what I've found in working with you know, hundreds of businesses is that this is, people don't do this. What a business needs to do first is they need to you know, niche down. They need to figure out who the one perfect audience, perfect customer is that they have a product or service that solves a specific pain point for them. And this is marketing 101, but many businesses think that they, they serve everybody or that you know, this huge sector of the economy is their market. And while their product may indeed have benefits and serve those, those folks, if you're going to engage in digital marketing, you've got for that message to resonate in the sea of noise out there, it has to speak specifically to an individual. And so what I'm talking about is, you know, uh, making sure that you've just done the work to, to, th to think about who that perfect customer is. And many times you just look at who you've served in the past and you really build that, that customer avatar. That, you know, you know what they read, you know what they do in their spare time, you know what keeps them up at night, all of those things. The reason you want to dig that deep into that process is because out of that knowledge, you don't have to be a copywriting guru to write headlines and copy for your, your advertisements. Because you know the pain point and you know the problem that that person needs to solve and you know it generates all of that uh, language that you're going to use to go out in the marketplace with them and it's going to be so much more effective. The second thing is that that experience is going to give you all of the information you need to use the targeting mechanisms that are built in within YouTube and Facebook and all those things, which when you go to build audiences and when you, when you do these types of things. And so um, that, that's the one thing that, that people really need to do is they need to make sure that they understand who they're going after and how they're solving a problem for them. That n number one thing is going to just upgrade the entire experience and the results they get. The second thing is every business needs to figure out how to have what I, what I call and what the industry calls a front end and a back end product. This is also known as, uh, you know, Mike Dillard's the first one who threw this term out to me, the, the great marketer here in Austin who, who's amazing. Uh, he, he calls it a self-liquidating funnel. And what you want to do is you need to have a a mini purchase, a small opportunity for somebody to give you money uh, that's low risk and that's high value that gets them into that relationship with you for, or to then lead them to the larger sale on the back end. And the reason it, this is, is because it, you've got to fund the acquisition of those relationships online. And though it is still relatively inexpensive to do this, you can get email opt-ins and all of that relatively inexpensively, but to take somebody through that entire journey and for the numbers to work out, you've got to find a way to try to offset that, that, uh, that upfront, number one, the cost, but number two, it gives somebody an opportunity to have a micro commitment with you. Uh, it takes somebody from the point of just paying attention to what you're doing to actually subscribing and engaging with you and your product and everybody will tell you and you know this from experience that it's much easier to convince somebody to buy something else from you after they've done the first thing and you've provided value and you created a result in their life. So I think a lot of companies would do well to consider um, how can they craft that type of that entry, that entry point marketing uh, 
Um, and most businesses have a little bit of a problem there. They're providing something of really low value. Um, and, and let me let me talk about this too. I, I want to differentiate between maybe a lead magnet, which is something that uh, is free and high value that allows somebody to give you like contact information and an actual product that's going to convert into a small, a small sale under $100 perhaps, uh, or, you know, $20. You really kind of need both of those things, okay? Those actually achieve, you know, a different kinds of micro commitments and the ability to retarget and remarket to people. Then making sure that you have something uh, later on in your sales process that's going to appeal to a percentage of your buyers who are going to go further and further with you. One of the reasons that we, we call it the journey selling framework and really why I don't like the language of funnels because funnels is kind of, it, it's kind of all about how do we get money as quickly as possible from somebody, you know, like yeah. pouring liquid down a funnel. Whereas what we want to do is recognize that our perfect customers and clients, they're like Frodo and we're like Gandalf. They're the hero of their journey. They have a problem that they want to solve. You know, with Frodo, he wanted to throw the ring into Mordor. With them, they're trying to, you know, whatever, get their retirement, you know, uh, you know, grow their business, do whatever. That's their hero's journey. And what we want to do is we want to come alongside them as like a Sherpa and help provide them tools along the way for each phase of that journey of solving their problem or problems along the way. So figuring out your back end and your front end product, and then really figuring out the problem you solve for that particular customer. And so that's something that we end up spending a lot of time with businesses on, you know, businesses will come to us and think they need a video. And I say, no, you don't need a video. You need a result let's talk about how we're going to get you that result. And we just sort of back the truck up and make sure that we don't engage in creating any content unless it's going to resonate with what we've talked about there. Yeah, I really like how you just put that in the, uh, the thought that the example that I could think of almost, and this is now talking years ago because I'm not a gamer, a video gamer at all, and I probably haven't played a game in 30 years. But <laughs> when I used to play a game, and I don't even remember the name of the game, it's almost like, hey, here's the first stage or the first challenge, right? And then here's the tools that you have. And then when you complete that and you get the result, now you're going to the next stage and there's another set of tools and there's another objective. So you're almost climbing through those different phases of the video game because of each stage of where someone's coming into your, your world, as you will, they have different challenges. So you might be through a lead, ma a lead magnet, solve a very quick problem for them, you know, with a very, very a short kind of content. Um, and it's something that, Hey, have you ever thought about it this way? Here's how you can do X, Y, and Z without, you know, ABC. And then the next thing will become the self liquidating offer into in, in, that brings them into the other process and, and so forth. It's just the idea that, 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 that I had and what I'm taking from this and I'm writing down notes as I'm speaking with Jason because I'm just loving this. Um, so, you have it all scheduled and kind of tailored for all that the stages that they're in to eventually get them to their goal, freedom, more time with, you know, their family, uh, freedom of, 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 of financial freedom, right? Not worrying about money when they do or do not do something, relationships and purpose and so forth. So I really appreciate <clears throat> and really like how you, you put that all together. Um, from a, uh, copywriting perspective, you know, working for those folks and having insight of all of this. Um, you know, one of the things that you touched on earlier was the video sales letter that of like 45 minutes. And it's so funny because I was smiling when you said that, because I remember when I still see some of that stuff, I'm like, that still works. Well, it has to, because Agora is using it. So it has to, can you talk about the research and then uh, just the amount of uh, uh, of stuff that that goes into this, and why, and and some of the the other things that are working right now. Besides that, well, so first of all, you know, obviously, uh, can't reveal any uh, proprietary uh, information uh, in the you know world of Agora. But um, what I what I've seen that's really working out there is number one, um, making sure that all of your marketing is is really congruent. So. You want to make sure that, again, this goes, speaks to the journey idea. Somebody 
somebody responds to your first initial piece of marketing and they start to engage in like watching a video, reading a piece of content, whatever that is, going to your website, that's the beginning of their journey with you, right? And so what you want to make sure is that every step along the way, each one of those stages feels like they're on the same journey. So they're with the same guide, they're in the same terrain, you know, all of that looks, looks uh, familiar. And so this is everything from the imaging that you use on your, your ads um, to your actual lead magnet, to your landing pages, to your website. That At no place in that process should somebody feel like, oh, wait, where am I? This is unfamiliar. And so making sure that you've got consistency of branding around that, making sure that if you know, you are out there as the spokesperson for your business on that ad that when they get to the next video, it's not some person they haven't had an experience with. And so uh, this is also known as ad scent, which is, is just this idea that it all sort of smells the same, right? It's coming from the same, some, the same world. So that's one thing that I think is, is, really, is really crucial. It's something that I've seen is, is important. The other thing that I've seen that's, that's uh, webinars continue to really work um, and um, I've seen that, um, you know, l- webinars that are done in like an in-person interview style. Um, so really going to a more documentary style versus uh, just slides um, on screen. Now, listen, what you don't want to do is, is get too caught up in, in that, that it freezes you from taking action. So you want to take action, okay? So if you're going to make a webinar, you want to do it in the way that you're going to actually create it. But don't be afraid to get on camera. Getting on camera creates so much more connection with that person than if you are behind the screen, behind the slides. So I encourage people to really make sure that they're able to, uh, you know, put their face out there, make eye contact, virtual eye contact across the internet. Again, we're still just human beings buying and selling from human beings. And so the more human that you can make this, this marketing, the more human you can make the selling experience, the better off you're going to be in all of that. The other thing too is I've actually seen that uh, higher production values does not equal better marketing or does not equal better results. It has a lot to do with what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to accomplish, um, what your market is. But, you know, using the iPhone to shoot all of your video content, using Facebook Lives or, you know, any kind of live platform to do uh, more behind the scenes type of content or more off the cuff type of content where you're able to just be a human creating value and sharing your knowledge and experience with somebody else out there is super effective. And, um, I think that's, that's, that's really, uh, really powerful and it's something that's in most people's grasp. Um, the other thing that I would say that is, is, is worth considering is, and, and this is something you're going to see a lot more of, but there's a, a lot being done in messenger marketing and there's companies like Drift uh, or ManyChat that are using chatbots um, in a very impactful and effective way. And, and your listeners may hear that initially and think, oh, really? Like talking to a, like an automated robot on chat, is that, um, you know, that may be your experience of it. What I'd have you know is that many times we have to get outside of our own opinion and experience about a marketing process yep. and need to get in the mind of the person we're actually trying to market to and draw through that. Many people are, many of us are trying to market and are trying to uh, engage clients that are busy. They're the kind of people we actually want <laughs> many times are very busy. They don't have yep. a lot of time. And the, the chat bot technology is getting so good that it's starting to substitute as the form, the contact form, which really feels very antiquated. It takes a long time to get a response sometimes, even if it's just a couple of hours versus you can use chat uh, functionality on landing page um, in order to 
like accelerate that process and actually it's super, super impactful. One last thing that I want to say that has always been very useful, that is going to continue to be useful, is the use of testimonial storytelling. You should be generating testimonial storytelling for your products and services. It's very easy to do this. We've done this um, on many, many campaigns. I've seen um, some very successful promotions that are almost entirely testimonial storytelling driven with a call to action essentially at the end. And all you really need to do if you want to create a testimonial storytelling video, um, and and I'm talking to uh, entrepreneurs out there who can take an iPhone and get this thing done. All you have to do is get your client to talk about what their life was like before, what happened when they started to use your product or service and what their life is like now. You have to just show them in their pain and in their inquiry and in their solution to the pain that you've provided them. And if you're doing anything to create a transformation in somebody's life, if your product or, or service is any good, you've got people who will give you those those testimonials and who will who'll do it in that fashion. They really don't need a lot of prompting. It's really, really wise to get that within a day or two after they're satisfied with your product or service. And you don't need to overdo it. You don't need 20 testimonials. You need two, three, four, just a handful. What that will do is we'll create something for somebody to investigate what you're up to, you know, when they're out there on the internet checking you out. But you can also serve those up as retargeting ads. Testimonials are terrific retargeting ads, which if, if your listeners probably, some of them might know, some of them might not. But a retargeting ad is actually the ability to send additional marketing to somebody who's viewed a video, um, the Facebook pixel fires on them, and you can just continue to send targeted marketing to them. Uh, You can send marketing to someone who went to your landing page but didn't buy. Well, then you send a testimonial to them of somebody who did buy. And so you're able to, they're able to connect with, oh, wait, I need to move forward on this. So much, so much that you can do. But uh, every business needs a handful of testimonial videos. Um, those are super impactful. Awesome. Now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Wow, that's really great. Um, so what I've been do it well. I've been keeping my uh, marketing toolbox really sharp, um, and I'll tell you what I've been spending a lot of time doing in, as I've been transitioning my business model. Frankly, is um, I have gone from being just a production company where I'm providing video content to bringing a much more robust consulting dimension to what I'm doing uh, so that really I'm just walking, walking the talk. I'm, I'm wanting to handhold and walk with a client along that entire journey of them crafting their message and getting it on film and then to deliver it out in that marketing funnel in a robust way. So I'm scaling my teams to be able to actually push those marketing campaigns out because I've had so many experiences where I've created great content for a client and it's been handed off to uh, the, the marketing people and it hasn't done anything. And so that, that's where I've been spending a lot of, a lot of my headspace. Um, and I've also been um, uh, spending my time um, digging back into my, uh, my, sort of <laughs> the odd thing that I, that I spend time, uh, spend time in is, is free market economics, Austrian economics, and uh, libertarian philosophy. So I uh, have some um, clients that we do work for uh, that are in that sort of um, libertarian mind space. Uh, I've got a client that sues the government on behalf of, of people, which I think, think is really exciting. So uh, I spend a lot of time really deep in um, you know, libertarian thought and free market economics, uh, you know, about a decade ago. Um, and I've sort of gotten back into it. And uh, so I've noticed myself starting to, uh, starting to post more uh, obscure political and economic content on Facebook. And I think some of my friends are probably getting annoyed, but I find 
uh, Austrian economics really fascinating because Mises was really talking about human action. Praxeology yeah. is about why people do what they do. And I, I would say that if somebody wanted to take a really interesting uh, backdoor route into uh, um, marketing knowledge, it would be to study Austrian economic praxeology because it really gets into incentives and why people do what they do. And, and so many times people think economics is about money. And you and I both know that money is just a tool. It's just right. a, it's a measurement. And uh, it's, it says something about why people do what they do. But so anyway, that, that's what I'm sort of doing in my spare time. Uh, I'm sharpening the saw mostly. Um, and then um, I'm digging back into my love for Austrian econ. So. Awesome. Uh, now, core message is to leave our show uh, well, a core message in our show, rather, is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So, Jason, if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, great. That's a great question. So, here's what I would say. I would say that integrity is number one, uh, being somebody who uh, keeps and honors their word at all times when possible. Um, this is a practice that you develop. Um, I have found in my life that when you begin to pay attention to um, how you move through the world, the commitments you make and whether or not you fulfill on them, you start to see really quickly how, how messy this can be in your life. When you start mm -hmm. cleaning it up, you start to recognize that you get a lot of power from being somebody who is a person of your word, who keeps their commitments, cleans up any messes that are made as a result of not keeping a commitment. And what the other thing you see is how in short supply that is out there in the world. Most people are terrible about being a person of their word. I think it's the most powerful business quality you can cultivate because so many people out there are used to dealing with businesses that don't honor and keep their word. So that's number one. Uh, number two is I would talk about a principle of alignment, getting really clear about who you are and what aligns for you to, to do and not do when it comes to your core values and when it comes to everything from the type of clients you want to work with, the type of work that you want to do. I mean, this is a this is definitely a, a sort of a, can be a deep dive, but, um, you know, 10 years ago, I was working in commercial banking and I was miserable and I decided that I was going to go back into my original love, which was media production. And I was going to start a production company. I made a radical career shift. It was a career shift based on getting in alignment with what resonated for me. And what I found was that the doors opened wide for me as I did that. And, um, you know, so that was a that was a really powerful shift for me, and I continue to evaluate um, things in my life. Um, this alignment and integrity go hand in hand because when I commit to things that don't align for me, there's a good chance I'm not going to fulfill on it. So integrity, alignment, and then the other thing I would say is empathy. I would say that the more we can remember that everybody that we come into contact with every day is just another human being out there trying to make life better for themselves and for the people that they love. And they have things going on in their lives. We aren't our best selves every day. We come into contact with people who are not their best selves that day. And we contact other people when we're not. And I think to the degree that we can just cultivate and generate more empathy with one another see other human beings as other people just on a very similar journey as we are. Um, I think that goes a long way in creating just peace, understanding, and the opportunity for us to, to grow as people and as a society um, in everything that we do. Awesome. Jason, where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they reach out to you and where can they stay informed uh, of all of your projects? Yeah, so they can go to my website, jasonrink.com. Uh, and they can reach me there or they can catch me at my business website, which is simplifilm.com, uh, where you'll see everything that I'm up to in the world of, of making videos, doing great marketing and, and helping, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, achieve their goals and dreams and what they're up to. So 
that's it, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you and I really appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much again for sharing your journey and all of your amazing knowledge with us. And uh, thank you for connecting, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, MC. It's been really great to be with you and I hope to be on again sometime. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.